Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Football Ramble, made possible by TNT Sports' exclusive home of the UEFA Champions League. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Luke Moore. TNT Sports is the exciting new home of Champions League football. This year, TNT Sports are taking you closer to the action than ever before, showcasing every single Champions League game. And they're doing so with an electrifying lineup of presenters and pundits, including a special guest joining us today. There are still some crackers to come in this season's group stages. There's Arsenal versus Sevilla, Real Madrid versus Napoli, Manchester United's return fixture against Bayern Munich, and loads more. But some of the most exciting games still to come involve a team who are making their Champions League return after 20 years, Newcastle United. And thanks to TNT Sports, we are recording this episode in St. James's Park, Luke Moore. Fantastic to be here. So mm. first time I've been inside the stadium itself. First time they've let you in. So exactly, exactly. After a lot of remonstration, yeah. they, uh, they finally agreed. No, we've done live ramble shows from the beautiful city of Newcastle before, yes. but I've never been here for a game. And I have to say, it's fantastic to be here. Yeah, Andy, you're quite familiar with these surroundings. Yeah, I've been in here with my sleeping bag since Burnley at home on Saturday. Is that right? <laughs> so I uh, can't, yeah. can't wait for tomorrow. The club didn't know about that though, did they? Yeah. Um, but listen, but that is not all, because TNT Sports have also hooked us up with one of their star presenters. It's only former Rambler, Jules Breach, everybody! Hey, look at you! Star presenter, eh? I think so. It's the first time we've actually been on a ramble together as well. First time we've podded. It's um, it's very nice to see you all. I've missed mm. you all. Great to have you back. I've missed it. Yeah. Lovely old job. Yeah. Well, um, it, it's all about Newcastle United today, Jules. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd You mean l- I can't mention Brighton yet? Well, we will oh, well. mention Brighton in a bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. Next yeah. season, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was incredible, really, that Brighton did beat Newcastle in that opening game. Um, uh, well, no, the game in the Amex, Wasn't I should that say. that incredible? Well, considering that what, what, what Newcastle did to Aston Aston Villa and what Aston Villa did to Brighton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought know. we weren't going to mention oh, that. Do you know what? I was watching that on TV and I knew Jules had to do the post-match. I yeah. was like, she's going to be hating me. <laughs> you were buzzing, weren't you? I, thought, I, loved it. I texted you, you weren't reading it though, cowardly. Yeah, I don't read messages when I'm working, yeah. Luke. I'm a professional. There you go, you see. And that's why we've booked you today. Yeah. Thanks. To, yeah. to drag us through this. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> we, we've not been in the city very long and it seems that uh, Champions League fever is here, Jules, would you say? Yeah, well, um, similar to Luke, this is the first time I've been inside St James's Park. I've been mm. to Newcastle before. That's incredible considering the amount of grounds we've been to. Yeah, but but I mean, I, for some reason, it's, my work has just never taken me here before. Mm. So um, yeah, thanks to the Champions League, here we are. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's super impressive. Just looking at the stadium behind us, it's all set up, ready. There's flags on the seats. Yeah. Yeah. It is going to be full of fans. And it's weird because when you go into these stadiums sometimes, quite often with what I do for work, I have to go the day before games or you get there quite early before the fans are there. Yeah. And quite often they... would be a stampede if you turned up. <laughs> yeah. like get her in, smuggler in. Protocol, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's like Harry yeah. Styles. They Be- Beatlemania. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beatlemania. Have you not seen the Taylor Swift stuff recently? Yeah. 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 That's my aim. It's all based on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're quite eerie places sometimes when the stadiums are empty, but weirdly looking at St. James's Park while it's empty, you can almost already sense how crazy the atmosphere is going to be. I think, I that, that, I think that's, that's fair. That's really yeah. rare. Well, you mentioned the flags. Andy was very keen to, to mention the flags and point them out to me. Yeah, it's like a community-funded um, venture, War Flags, who raise money, make all these flags that's, to give it almost a European feel. Yeah. And it was a European feel. People leave them down there. The company leave them down there. Uh, people wave them 
and then leave them there at the end for the next people to, mm. to use them. So oh, it kind of that. has this European feel, mm-hmm. even when it's not a European night. And now they've got, with the Champions League coming here, the night to match oh, it's going to be sensational. And I, just walking up to the stadium and walking around and coming in, you could feel the buzz. It's incredible. First time for, like you said, 20-odd years. Mm. Um, it's a really, really exciting time. I mean, yeah. if you go back to the draw when that was made, I mean, that's normally seen as a, a box ticker in the European season. It's not something that people are massively excited sure. about. People don't sit down and they and got a belted draw. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous but how they, it is. they were ready for it. The pubs here were full of people in their replica shirts watching the, the draw. draw. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how that's, big it is. That's here. what you want from, from, yeah, from, exactly. from European football. Do you know what I mean? And... and and they're absolutely buzzing. I mean, you saw what the Newcastle players, or heard what the Newcastle players were saying when the Champions League theme tune was playing. Was it, was it Jacob Murphy? He was beaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah he and then, was. And then yeah. Big Dan Byrne, former Brighton man. Yes, yeah. he said um, He said it went very quickly, the, the, the Champions League theme tune. So hopefully he'll be able to soak it in a bit more well, this, this evening. For yeah. players like him, for the Geordies in the team, you know, Longstaff, yeah. Dan yeah. Byrne. I mean, that this is going to be an absolute dream night for them. Yeah. Their hometown club yeah. in the Champions League, mm-hmm. completely full and sold out. And PSG here. I mean, mm. it's 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 going to be brilliant. Can't yeah, and and, that, and that's it. The draw was great because you want the big names. If oh you're yeah, Newcastle, you know it's been so so long. It's been uh, yeah. such an uh, an arduous journey I've, to get back to the to the Champions. I League. sometimes wonder about that because I think you know they've waited a long time to be playing the kind of teams they're going to be playing. Right, so they've obviously played Milan. They're playing PSG tomorrow night. Um, you know, part of me wonders whether Newcastle fans would like to go deep in the competition mm. or whether it's a case of we're back, let's enjoy it while yeah. we can, let the players worry about the rest of it because mm-hmm. we feel like we'll be back again. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, you can ask for, for a better draw, really. I mean, it's a massively, massively loaded group. Yeah, I mean, Andy, you obviously live up in Newcastle these days and you've got family up here and so on. You know, what are Newcastle United fans, what are they saying right now? Well, of course, the first thing you do when your team's in the Champions League as a supporter, you want to get your pin in the map and work out where you're going to go. And there are three brilliant destinations yeah. for people to go. Obviously, I know loads of people who went out for the first game mm-hmm. in, in, in Milan. And, of course, they're looking forward to Paris and Dortmund as well. Mm. But it's really about bringing them back here. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you look at, say, Napoli, when they have a big European game, yeah. it's a bit like Boca Juniors. All, yeah. all the fans are in there five hours before the start of the game. It's more like five minutes before the start of the game in here. So I think if you're an opposing player and you come in here for the first time, you're thinking players like Kylian Mbappe will be the first time he's come here. You look around and you think, oh, impressive stadium. But the only point that you really get a feeling of how loud it is is where the announcer goes enjoy the game as he does at the start of every game the music stops and then all of a sudden you get that rush of the yeah. crowd and it's like wow well, okay. that's testament to the politeness of the people they I wait also, until they're told now you can start enjoying. i also i also yeah. think i also think it definitely goes up a notch on european nights definitely, definitely. Like, there's something about evening games as well definitely yeah. so that's a yeah. plus one factor but i remember being um you know spurs had that run to the champions league final i was at the semi-final against ajax the, the atmosphere was, I mean, sensational. And here, the atmosphere is brilliant anyway. But as you say, the evening game, the, the, the kind of glamour, if you like, of the opposition mm-hmm. and the fact that it's in the, you know, Europe's top tier, you know, the top table of European football is, I mean, basically all the ingredients are here for an absolute brew, aren't they? Yeah, they, are, they absolutely yeah. are. And, and, that, and that's it, Jules. One of the things we know about St. James's Park is the atmosphere is superb. And of course, 
in 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 more recent times, it's not been as enjoyable for the fans and whatnot, and the, the style of football and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, it was criticised. Well, you slagging off big Stevie Bruce? I, you know, indirectly. I thought you were a fan. I know I am, but of not of his work here. Oh, yeah. you know, ask away. I, I'm just very conscious that I'm in the city of Newcastle now yeah. talking about Steve Bruce. What do I need to say? <laughs> to get you're out a of coward. Yeah, yeah right. really do it. You're doing it for your ivory talent in London. I've never denied that. That's the difference, isn't it? We're in London. We're in London. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, well, uh, what I was going to say is that we, we know the atmosphere is great and so on and so forth. But um, unlike Spurs, of course, in that semi-final that Luke mentioned, it could be a difference here this yeah. evening. Propel the side on, Jules. Yeah, definitely. And You'll be making your racket from the TV studio <laughs> as well. Of course I will. <laughs> I think part of, you know, whenever I'm, I'm preparing for working on a Champions League game and you're writing mm-hmm. the questions for the players and the managers that you're about to interview... Mm-hmm. Never have I put as much focus on what a difference the crowd was going to make. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and disrespectful to Brighton. Isn't it? <laughs> I think it's going to be really interesting <laughs> to hear what the players have mm-hmm. to say about how much impact they actually think the crowd will have. Mm. Well, that's, that's a really well. key point because mm. without kind of descending into the world of cliche, you mentioned they've got some Geordies in the team and you've mentioned, and I think we haven't really talked about it, but there are some players there who are left over from the previous mm. management regime who have obviously stepped up and have been playing well. But this is another ask again, isn't it? To go to, to progress in the Champions League, mm. those players need to be able to perform at the very top but, of their, but of their it, game. It is an ask, as you say. I mean, if you were talking about Spurs getting to the, the, the final in, in 2019, of course, many would argue it should have been Ajax because they, they were really close. That was, I, that was just an incredible, incredible night. It was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. But that whole Ajax run was incredible. But if you look at their results in that spell and quite a young team that you could compare in some ways to, to, to Newcastle, I suppose, real football city, Amsterdam as well. If you look at the big results, away to Real Madrid, mm. away to Spurs Juventus. in the semi-final, away to Juventus. Mm. But there was a feeling mm-hmm. that that young team and, you know, you look at De Jong, De Ligt, Ziyech, players like that, they couldn't actually handle the atmosphere at home it was yeah. just it was just yeah. too much so actually for the, well, the history players, of that particular club maybe weighed on them in a in a weird way true but i, I think it, it was almost a bit too emotional it was a bit too much of a big occasion mm. so that's something that those Newcastle players right? will, will have to master mm. here and you know eddie howe's really going to have to understand that and get that across i think, I think actually yeah. that's what makes this really special for newcastle because you do have a bit of experience in the team, but you've also got players that have never experienced this yeah. before. They've yeah. never experienced Champions League football before. And Eddie Howe, you've got a manager that's never yeah. managed in the Champions League before. We well, said he'd never so been to a Champions League game. Champions League. Yeah, that's that's right. Right. Yeah. remarkable. Yeah. It just makes the whole feeling around it mm-hmm. refreshing. Yeah. Like, it just makes it more special and fresh and, and just quite an enjoyable experience well, for it, everyone involved. It, and it doesn't seem to be any fear. Yeah. You know, respect for the opposition indeed, but that, it does seem to be that the city is, is, is and the club have, have, have been waiting for this and they're very much ready for it because it was a you know, yeah. decent point. At the well, that's what I was about to say that. Mm. If, you, if you focus on going back to what we talked about with the draw and going back to the point they were able to, to pick up in, at the San Siro, they were given the runaround really there. Yeah. And a point away from home in a Champions League group. Oh, Longstaff nearly won it. He did. <laughs> that would have been amazing. But then they'd taken a point. They'd have of course. Of your hand off because they know they can focus on their home games. Mm. I, I think they should, having said what I said earlier, I don't think they should be frightened of any team at home. I, I, honestly don't I don't think they should be frightened of any team full stop in this group. Well, so I mean, my question would be then, Andy, can they qualify from the group? Yeah, I think they can. Uh, I'm not saying they necessarily will, but they definitely can. I mean, I was at the game between in Paris. Between, any team can. 
Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I was <laughs> wait for it. Uh, uh, Let him finish, Lou. Yeah. Nothing's changed. He's still buttoning. It, it really it. hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. He normally only pushes my buttons on a Friday. Yeah. But, uh, I was in at the game in Paris between PSG and, and, and Dortmund, and PSG were really, really impressive. But Do you say they're the team to beat in the group? Well, probably, mm-hmm. but they're betting in a new team to an extent as well. They're post that Galacticos era, bar and Bappe, because mm-hmm. Messi's gone, Neymar's gone. They're a younger, more French-looking team mm-hmm. this, this season, a less multinational. And you look at them, you look at the players that Dortmund have got, but mm-hmm. they're a little bit disjointed. And Dortmund were really not good in that first game in Paris. It's really important to play the games and not the names in the Champions League Mm. because you can have that feeling, especially when all those fans are coming down towards the ground and making that noise, the anthem plays, all of that sort of stuff. But what we're saying about emotional mastery of the occasion, I know it's that old cliche about 11 against 11. Newcastle can take on any of these teams. They may have the players, but do they have the group ethic? And everything that Newcastle have done Mm -hmm. under Eddie Howe has been punching above where you would expect them to. Mm. And that's what they need to go back to. Indeed, yeah. Well, there's no doubt that the Champions League is is very, very special. And they're back, Newcastle United, for the first time in two decades. And the City is very ready for it, it's fair to say. Um, And it's what sets European football apart from domestic football, of course. Domestic football will always be there, but European football um, will not if you don't qualify. And the last time Newcastle played in Europe was the 2012-2013 season, where they were knocked out in the quarterfinals by Benfica. But perhaps their most famous season in the Champions League was the the, the 97-98 uh, yeah. one where they beat Barcelona 3-2 at St. James's Park. Oh, Tino Espria, hat-trick, look more. Pierluigi Colina as ref. Oh, yes, now please. You're it's, just, it's just vintage stuff. I think I was like 17 at the time. Just perfect yeah. age. Um, I loved watching it. It felt so glamorous back then when mm. you were... Yeah, obviously, the world is a lot smaller now and it feels a lot more accessible when you're obviously a bit older. Then it was just so amazing to watch it midweek. Mm-hmm. It just felt so glamorous, so different to to um, to watching the Premier League. Because obviously Premier League, you get a lot of televised games now. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was a proper appointment to watch. Was, watching yeah. uh, Because it was harder to qualify for the Champions League. Mm-hmm. There were fewer, obviously fewer teams in it, fewer games. It just felt very, very special. And I remember that game well. And And... Really, in my mind, when I look back to vintage Champions League games or international games, actually from the nineties, mm. Kalina is always ref. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like a, he was like a referee who transcended the sport. Like your mum, who didn't even care about football. Was like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. Pierre Luigi Kalina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, obviously we remember Kevin Keegan's Newcastle in the nineties and 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 so on. And that was kind of when I suppose maybe a lot of neutral football fans and whatnot really kind of got to know. Certainly of. of of, of, of my age, you know, got to know Newcastle United and that's when they started playing uh, in the Champions League duels, you know, and it was, again, it was that excitement that we're talking about the game against PSG, that excitement was there in the 90s, it's here again. Yeah, it's weird to think back at Newcastle's previous Champions League campaigns. There was a, a year when they had to qualify out of two group stages, wasn't that there? That was it in the early noughties, yeah. 2002, 2003. Yeah. And, and I think 97-98, the Barcelona group, Barcelona came bottom. Newcastle well, New- came third. Newcastle didn't actually qualify. Yeah, but exactly. the, the, the yeah, campaign you're talking about is that second group, did they? Yeah. Well, my fondest memory of Newcastle in the Champions League was actually when they in that campaign you're talking about in that first group. It was it was tough. They lost their first three games. That's right. And no team had ever come back from that yeah. to qualify. And then they go and win the next three with uh, was it a Craig Bellamy injury time winner in <laughs> final, final there, yeah, which yeah. which put them through. I mean, that it's a deep cut. When was the Andy yeah, Griffin? Yeah. <laughs> when was the Andy Griffin goal then? 
That was it against Juventus, Juventus at home. Oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that, that got them going. That was their first win. He'll always right. have that Andy Griffin, won't he? Yeah. I, I, do you know what? And the that's unlikely the scorer. But that's the beautiful thing about, about something like and the Mark Champions Neil League. And Mike Newell hat-trick and Andy Griffin going against Nip Juventus. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Mike Newell at Blackburn, of course. Don't, uh, don't bring Newell into this before we've talked about Stuart Pearce against Dean Amo Keane. There we <laughs> go. There exactly. you go. There's lots of memories. John Barnes as well the same night, was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was lots of memories. But that was the last time they were in the Champions League. And when you talk about a club like Newcastle, they're always a club that seem to be, maybe because they're such a focal point for the city, mm-hmm. but they're always a team and a club with a narrative or a drama around them. Whatever they're getting up to, it's kind mm-hmm. of, it sucks people in. There's always yep. stuff. It's a properly big club, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and the pressure that comes with that and, and the Champions League kind of linking into that is tailor-made for them, really. Yeah. Because we remember those nights. We remember those nights mm-hmm. because they had players like Aspria, yeah. who sticks in the memory. Mm-hmm. They had a big result against Barcelona. They're, they're a team, it's, it seems to be, for one reason or another, a drama will follow them around. Yeah. yeah and, and it could be the next chapter of that against PSG. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I take us back to the 90s, as I like to do, as you yeah. know. Um, and you're always living in the 90s. You, you just sometimes holiday in the present day. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so you have to Indeed. for work reasons. And I, and, I, and I really enjoy it, but I'm yeah. always glad to go home. Couldn't go you back. Know? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's nothing like getting home, is Absolutely it? Absolutely right, yeah. Like putting on an old jumper. Oh, um, put on an old, um, old... Old pair of combats. Yeah. <laughs> and a sun hat. Um, but... Uh, the words of Kevin Keegan, of course, you know, when he spoke about how special Newcastle was as a, as a city, as a football club. And what was the words? He said something like, for, for Newcastle fans, it's like going to watch the theatre down south, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And it is like, it's all, it, it, it feels ahead of this game against, against PSG. It feels like everything is just geared up. You know, like like take away any headlines in the in the in the papers and whatnot. This is this is front and center, um, and and it's you know the, the entertainment that has been brought back to St James's Park and that good feeling that, that Eddie Howell and 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 old Jason Mad Dog Tyndall have, have managed to do. Andy, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> is that a nickname you've given him? I think that was that not his nickname. At, oh, was it? I don't know. Yeah. Is it a Paul Instinct? It's maybe a nickname he's given himself. Yeah. That could be it. That'd be better. That could it? be it. Yeah. Be unsurprising, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would take you away from Kevin Keegan's words and back to Tino Asprias. <laughs> When he first arrived here in, With his big in spring on. 1996 in his in his parka, yeah, and uh, he just took a look, look around. Everyone going out and said, "Wow, what a town!" <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, and that's Tina Asprey saying, yeah. "Yeah." And then of course, he contributed to that, as you mm. say, with that that hat trick um, against Barcelona. I mean, it was an extraordinary mm. like combination with Keith Gillespie that mm. night. I mean, because they really weren't freeing them up. They, they did. were tuned up at half time, scored right. just after half time, and they got pegged back twice. Yeah, Figo, Luis Figo scored that night. Yeah, sure. yeah. You know, that's what you, that was yeah, this was Van Hal Barcelona the first time, wasn't yeah, it? It was, it. It, was, it was remarkable. But uh, mm. I, I, was, I was living here the first time for that, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, they weren't quite as good as the team that had nearly won the league under Keegan in 95, mm. 96. But it's just the way that they grasped the occasion. And probably a ticket for this game against PSG mm. is the hottest ticket yeah. in the city since that Barcelona game. Yeah. I just remember everyone was trying to get one. Yeah, and, and, and of course, Newcastle in recent seasons, you've had a change of ownership, controversial. Mm. We've talked about that on, on the Ramble and no doubt we'll talk about it again. But, you know, this, was, this is easily the biggest job of Eddie Howe's career. You know, how much do you put down to him? Loads of it is down yeah. to him because I, I think obviously you have to look at the investment that's been made and the mm-hmm. players that have, have come in, especially Trippier, Bruno Guimaraes, the ones who were there at the, mm-hmm. the very start to turn it around when they were in, in the relegation zone. But I think when Howe was appointed, no one looked at him 
having seen his other work and thought, oh, he'll sort the defence yeah. out. That's a Champions I thought, League manager. I thought, yeah. it, it might be more entertaining. <laughs> mm. But what he's done in terms of the belt and braces work is, mm. is amazing. And what, he's, what more he's got out of players like Joe Linton's the obvious one, isn't mm. it? But I think you look at Joe Willock, other players, and even we've seen in recent Premier League games, you know, Jamal Lasalle's and mm-hmm. uh, Paul Dummett come in and, and, and do, do a, a decent job. job. Yeah. Players who, you know, you're talking about the crossover from the previous yeah. era. You always players, have players who you wouldn't expect to be able yeah. to compete at the level that they're but competing. Jamal is like, he's like civil service when it comes to Newcastle United. You know, whatever the regime changes, yeah. he'll be there. Well, it's a testament you know. to the environment if they can, if those players who've been there before can can flourish. But Jules, I was mm. going to ask you, what do you, um, what kind of feel do you get for Eddie Howe when you interview him? Can you pick up a feel for what kind of operator they are when you interview them and stuff? Yeah, you can, you can, and he seems very in control. I think yeah. that's probably the word I'd use to, to describe him. <laughs> Even if Jason Tindall. Even if Jason Tindall. man can't be controlled. Um, especially with those new rules when they're not both allowed in the technical area yeah, yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time. Jason's Definitely like, got right. more control as now. As long as I get the first handshake. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you sense a real um, calmness. Mm-hmm. I find um, that, I feel like that. I yeah, that vibe, yeah, I interviewed him earlier this season, just a few weeks ago, after they lost to Man City at the Etihad. And he still seemed the same character post-match as he mm-hmm. was pre-match. Mm-hmm. And I think that that must filter mm-hmm. to the players that, you know, don't ever take a defeat too hard. Yep. Don't mm-hmm. take a win too high. Yep. Yeah. It's sort of like keep everything on a level. Stay in the creamy yeah. middles. But then yeah. at the same time, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think at the same time, coming into a game as big as this one, these Champions well, League nights, they're going to be extra special. And do you think Eddie Howe would ever let himself go? Nah. Did they have two nil down. PSG came back three two last minute winner. I'd love to see it. You what would, you? wouldn't you? I, don't, I think you'd it. still have that calm. That would be nice to see. I, I, th- mm. I think, and I wonder whether the reason I asked the question actually is because you've got the insight that, that we don't have. But the, the the thing that I think Newcastle United as a club perhaps needs with all this mouse from swirling around at the time is someone in the middle, like a focal yeah. point who's just mm. quite calm. Yeah, yeah. Because they obviously, some would argue that you know. Keegan brought amazing highs to Newcastle, mm. but perhaps it was the emotionally led side of his character that kind of meant that it went, only went as far as it went. And maybe Eddie Howe's the guy to be able to just stay that kind of nucleus of the atom in the middle, unmoving yeah. and, and being, being solid, I think. Yeah, and actually, you know, sometimes the, the downside of being like quite calm is that someone might say, well, can they handle the big moments? Can they handle yeah. the big characters? Mm. He's proved that, that he can do that. Well, he's that. proved that he's outsourced his emotions yeah. to Jason Tindall. Jason Tindall's the host. Yeah. Yeah. You do it, Jason. They won't pin me for it. What kind of cop duo are they? They've got, you've got, you know, kind of serious cop and then... Mad cop. Mad cop, yeah. yeah. Handshake cop. Now, of course, you don't need to always be at the stadium to experience the electricity of a Champions League night. You can feel that watching at home or in the pub, Luke Moore. You can. I've, I've often... You love a night in? I've, well, I do, actually, yeah. And I've mm-hmm. often said, to, to quite poor reception from some of our listeners, actually, that yeah. <laughs> although I'm very happy to be at the game, um, generally, I mean, uh-huh. I've been fortunate enough to have been, been to a couple of good games this week, mm-hmm. I think the quality of the broadcasting... Covering big sporting events, Thank not just you. not I was just about football. To say, yeah. <laughs> well, there are there are yeah, one yeah. or two exceptions which I'll come on to. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the coverage of sporting events generally, um, with the amount of, I mean, the quality of the broadcast terms of like ultra HD, the amount of angles you get, the amount of um, analysis and insight you get, it is. I mean, really, I think it's possible to make the argument now mm-hmm. that you can 
maybe discern more and be more entertained from the game itself, mm-hmm. watching it on TV. Now, that's not to say that you get the theatre of going and of going with your mates and, and going there and coming home and all the rest of it. But in terms of the actual game itself, I genuinely believe the coverage to be so good now. And I've said this for years. You remember me saying this in the ramble. It's so good that it's amazing to watch it on telly as well. Yeah. At home, you can also just relax and watch it with your shirt off. You can do that in my local pub as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Geordies do that anyway. That's why you moved up to Newcastle, wasn't it? Of course. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, Jules, obviously, you know, you like to watch um, games from the TV studio, don't you? Yeah. I, um, I think from a broadcast perspective, mm. I don't know whether I'm just like a super nerd, but I can't watch the games in the pub. I much prefer I'm, watching I'm it on same. my sofa because I want to... Yeah, well, number one, I want to hear the commentary and you can't always hear because people are too loud and annoying. Yeah. Um, and I actually like to like properly watch it. Mm. I'm um, the same, totally. So yeah, I do. I actually quite enjoy just sitting on the sofa and watching it at home. So, so obviously with the Champions League, you know, uh, you know, across the continent, the vast majority of people will be watching at home, of course. Mm. Um any particular fond memories from the Champions League, Jules, watching oh, what, from your sofa? From, from my sofa? Yeah, specifically. Oh, my God. Um, uh, I can't... Because you weren't always a TV I'm presenter. Not, no, that's true. Yeah. I'm trying to think. She always was in her heart. Though. Yeah, we can't say what you did <laughs> yeah. previously, you know. Um, but <laughs> that sounds <laughs> really my, dodgy now. It does, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> my, my own would be, just while Jules thinks about it, my own would be um, the 99 final. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that night in Barcelona. Exactly. That was... Um, and, and Clive Tilsey was kind of derided for that. Because people would say he was a Man United fan and all the rest of it. I don't know how true it was. But, but it, was, you look, it was an incredible commentary. If you look back on it now, it yeah. is iconic commentary. Totally, yeah. I remember it. And the thing about that was, I remember exactly where I was mm-hmm. watching that game. And um, I was at home living with my parents at the time. And I, I just vividly remember being there and, and just thinking, wow, this is amazing. It's one of those rare events in the champion, in, in you know, football generally, where I th- at the time I was like, this is massive. Yeah. Some, a lot of times with big events in football, you know, sometimes I mean at least, you look back and realise how big it was. Mm-hmm. At the time, you just knew that was just gonna, that's going to echo throughout eternity, that. Yeah. Andy? It's, it's something I, I difficult quite, to pick in one memory, but well, it's, yeah. it's something I quite miss actually because having like worked at the games for so long, mm-hmm. um, watching it on TV with friends and, and, and stuff, it's actually quite a family is quite a distant memory mm-hmm. most of the time. But I do remember the '97 final, the Carl Heinz Riedler slash oh, yeah. Paul Lambert final, Dortmund, yeah. where, where Dortmund uh, beat Juventus. Don't and forget Del Piero's lovely goal in that final. Yeah. It was inconsequential, but my goodness, <laughs> yeah, it was inconsequential. <laughs> the, Lambert, yeah. the Paul Lambert number on Zizou. Yeah, that's that, yeah. that's right. And of course, that was in the Olympia Stadion in Munich. And my 12-year-old is now a massive Dortmund fan. And when we were in Germany in the summer, we took a walk around the Olympia Stadion, and obviously. He sort of lifted up his shirt, shows Dortmund shirt, so he'd get a couple of pics of himself mm. in there. So uh, I love the fact, like how that meant a lot to me at the time. It was incredibly exciting at the time. It means a lot to him mm-hmm. now. And I remember speaking to Nuri Shahin, who of course played the final with Dortmund at Wembley in 2013, when they just lost out to Bayern at the end. We and he game, was yeah. he was saying mm-hmm. when him and his brother watched it at home, they'd created like a tinfoil version oh, of the, the Champions League that they lifted at um, the end. Yeah. That yeah. 2013 final, Marcus at a buffet was in the end of that, didn't you? 
Technically, that is correct. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. the two of you. How no. much did you eat? Hence, Candle. Hence, <laughs> this is, this is hence why I used the word technically. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a lovely old time. But that wasn't from home. I was at the game, of course. Right, yeah. Imagine that. You know, yeah. the buffet was a Dan at uh-huh. home with the Champions League on the table. Yeah, a little bit yeah. more spams easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Another um, mac and cheese bite. Oh, no, you're talking. Very nice. I've remembered mine now. Go on, I've had a thought. Yeah, we gave you a bit of time. Yeah, I've thought of a few. But um, I've nar- I'll narrow it down to two. So one was with my dad. Yeah. Um, and it was the Istanbul final. Nice. I remember watching three, that with three, my dad. Yeah. Unbelievable. And every- I mean, I've spoken before on Ramble about how much I love Steven Gerrard. So he was yeah. my favourite player. And that was one of the games mm. that that I just remember thinking, bloody hell, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that was, a- it was just incredible. That was swashbuckling. Yeah. So. yeah it was. That- and that- that's a proper football match, isn't mm. it? The one where you think anything can happen. And then more recently in the pub, um, actually I was on a work trip mm. for the Europa League, oh, yeah. funny enough, but obviously being on a Thursday, on the Wednesday night, you've got the Champions League games the night before. So actually a big group of us went to the pub to watch Real Madrid, Manchester City, oh, where my. Man City lost the semi-final. They yeah. were ahead, weren't they? And then um, Real that Madrid came back. That yeah. was the yeah. most insane match of football. It was just... Was, was it the Modric ju- assist? Were they outside of the boot when he swung oh, it over to... Um, Rodrigo. For Rodrigo, yeah. was Just it? Ridiculous. Volley did. There's been some... The whole... I mean, when you sit down and actually talk about it, yeah. there's been a lot... A really high percentage, given the relative amount of games to compare to domestic football, I suppose. A lot of these moments are Champions League moments, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. the cream of the crop. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think yeah. it's the but, highest level of I think football. It's, I think it's become it's more so... In the, it's all about the drama in the last couple of years, Jules, because if you think, like, post the remontada that... Barcelona did on PSG. Mm-hmm. The Champions League knockout stages have all been about comebacks. Yeah, it's become more thrilling in the last six or seven years. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Deportivo beating AC Milan. That's 4-0. going way back. That. Hey, come on. That's it. Was it a five-one? Forgotten. Was it a five-one and a four-nil? It was a four-one and a four-nil. The Diego Tristan. Didn't even, they didn't need away goals. Yeah, that's how comprehensive it was. Love it. Um, well, obviously, uh, the best thing about watching the Champions League on TV this season is that we get to see our Julesy <laughs> do her thing on Stop. TNT Sport. I'm so proud of how much you've grown up, Jules. You know. Really? Yeah, look at you now. I've not grown much physically there. I think of the Ramblers. The same like, height. I think of a Ramblers like you take your box with you, don't you? Wherever you go. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I like to think of the Ramblers as a finishing school for you, and now you're out there doing yeah. your thing. Yeah, I've got you yeah. guys to thank for everything I achieve. You're I'd welcome. Like, I'd like to say for the record, I, I, you owe me nothing. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I'll say what I said last time she yeah. said that. Luke will All take your share, it. Marcus. Yeah. Don't worry. All I want is it codified in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but how exciting is it to be at, at the heart of all this action? Because we are talking oh, about the Champions amazing, League. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, the best players and the best teams you know, in the world, all these memories and so on, and, and more to come this season. And there you are, Jules. Yeah, it is pretty special. Mm. And like, you know, I've been lucky to work in football for quite a few years now. It's mm. probably my, I think this is my seventh season, like working in football, I, I say full time, you know, mm. um, fairly regularly. And yeah, since working on Champions League football. They are they are some of the best memories I have mm. like from work because, mm. well, we've just talked about some of the incredible comebacks. Mm. I was actually at Anfield yeah. for that Liverpool comeback against Barcelona. I've been in the stadiums for some of the most amazing matches. So, yeah. and, and, you know, as a reporter or a presenter in those situations, 
I always think that the best experience to as a broadcaster that you can give to people that are watching is just to live it like you would as a fan. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, so so even though I am working, I'm still enjoying it and experiencing it like I would as a fan. Yeah. But then you do have to go into like professional mode a yeah, little well, that's bit. that's what I was going to ask And you that about. is quite difficult because sometimes you just get so wrapped up in the moment then you go, oh crap, I need to actually think of a question yeah. now. You've got to go to an ad break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when, when say Marcus, and to an extent Andy as well, but when Marcus and I would do a show around the game. We're obviously reacting to a game or doing it a couple of days later and you get a chance to process and you can mm -hmm. do what you need to do. What I find really impressive about the people doing it at the time, the, the touchline stuff, the studio stuff, is that you need to be able to accurately process just how seismic an event is mm -hmm. and de and deliver it appropriately because yeah. if you don't get that right yeah. the Liverpool thing is quite an obvious one because obviously I yeah. saw what happened there but if someone does something amazing or they go through it on you know, an away goals in the last minute you know you've got to give it that relative amount of gravitas otherwise yeah. it just, to, the, yeah, to, the, yeah. to the viewer who's basically using you as a conduit they're just going to not be excited well, you've got to catch the mood haven't you yeah that, 100%. You, can't, you can't and you also you can't be too cheery if a lot of people because you know you're brought broadcasting to you know this fine island of britain you know it's i, I would have i would have thought that the more neutrals would be wanting say newcastle to win or, or, or whatever, whatever um but you have to have a bit of a balance as a broadcaster you, you, you do so you, yeah but you can't be you know all you can't be too sort of oh well they got beat five nil not to worry hey yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you, you yeah. can't be too uh, you're right. about it you know? <laughs> Especially, when, well, that'd be the same when you God do England games as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you, you've just got to get the, the tone right mm. is probably the thing um, that, that you're referring to there. But yeah, it's, mm -hmm. I think the most difficult part is, and I think Luke sort of like touched on it, is the the amount of time and the instantness of it. So mm. in the two different roles that I have with TNT Sports, sometimes I present the games and sometimes I'm the reporter on the games. As the presenter, you have to fit all of your chats and your editorial points into really small chunks. Yep. So like each part will be broken into like, say like four minutes, four and a half mm -hmm. minutes, maybe mm -hmm. three and a half minutes, two and a half minutes. Um, and so you've got to make sure you get, you cover everything off in that yeah. short period of time. Mm -hmm. So time is, is the most difficult thing that you have to deal with because of course you could sit here all day long and say everything you want to say about the game, but you've got to pick out the most important yeah. things, the most editorially, editorially strongest points that you need to cover. And you can't always cover everything because you're limited by time. Being concise is so difficult, yeah. it's such a skill. Because we get a lot of room, don't we? On the round oh, we, 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 we get, get all the room we want. Yeah, we get an hour. the opposite yeah. job. Yeah. yeah, and so you can kind of, I guess you can develop your points throughout shows. And so that's a different part with the presenting side. With the reporting right. side of things, you have such a limited amount of time mm. with players and managers it's a minute and a half for a player sometimes post-match two minutes max for a manager and you know people won't see what happens behind the cameras and behind the scenes you've literally got a press officer tapping mm. you on the back telling you to stop talking mm. but sometimes you're like but i need i've got one more question yeah. here you know and, and but they're fun people <laughs> do you know what they're most of them are really nice actually um so but you do have to try and fit everything in so quickly and react instantly so full-time whistle With goes within a minute I've got a player stood in front of me and I've got to ask them three four is questions it, is it when you're talking about grasping what's the most important thing and mm. the feeling within the stadium how valuable are the ex-players who are with you yeah, so again, from a presenting point of view, you have those ex-players next to you. So you get to chat to them throughout the whole 45 minutes in each half. So you can actually gauge as a group, you get to choose kind of together what editorially is like worth pointing out. As the reporter, we're doing the touchline stuff, you do it all on your own. Yeah. So you are very much left to 
you know, as I just said, full-time whistle goes within a minute, you've yeah. got to play there and you've got to ask those questions. You don't get time to check those questions with anyone. I so think what, I think what Andy meant was, what's Joe Cole like? Yeah. I also heard that you grilled Roberto De Zerbi for 45 minutes after the six <laughs> yeah. No, you're not going anywhere. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was over at McDonald's, though. Yeah, George yeah. gone home. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> yeah. um, One of my favourite yeah. um, uh, lineups, uh, including yourself, was with, uh, as you would call them, the Cole brothers. The Cole brothers. That was, on the that, was a great, that was a great run. To that the, was great. Fun, we, yeah. yeah, we had loads of fun doing that. Yeah. Um, because I think... You know, when you're working as the presenter on those programs, the 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 best thing you can have is two or three guests mm. that all get on mm. and that you get on with everyone so that you can yeah. all be yourselves totally. because it's really nice and, and most of mm-hmm. most of them like they all gel quite quickly actually yeah, but yeah, you do yeah. need a bit of consistency so it does help having like the same yeah. pundits working together on things um yeah for for the brighton game that i've got in a couple of weeks time i think i've got peter crouch and steve sidwell together and mm. obviously we've seen what they're like on their podcast together so mm-hmm. i think that's going to be um a and good you will need a box for that yeah i definitely will need yeah. a box <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or some really big heels. If we it could, going back briefly to what you said about uh, you know all the things that you have to do with the job, how do you, how do you prepare for games and, and whatnot? Um, well, the first thing is just like never stop watching football. Really, that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. I watch pretty much everything. I just my whole life is geared around watching football matches, whether on TV or whether I'm at them. Um, listening to stuff on the radio. It's just a constant. It's, it's almost like osmosis, football osmosis, mm-hmm. 24-7. And then in terms of the specific preparation for a match, um, TNT Sports have an amazing stats team behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so we get sent a stats pack and it's yeah. got every bit of information you could want to know about every player in the squad, the manager, the history of the club. Um, read that, um, read other news stories, read what the press are writing about each club and each team and the players. Um, and then just kind of, yeah, again, like I said before, you just think about it from mm-hmm. what you would want to know as a fan yeah. watching. What what questions would you want answered? Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, so what excites you the most about um, about the, the TNT Sports setup? Is it is it the sort of pitch side kind of thing? Or is it, is it going yeah. through the map? Is it pitch yeah, side? Is it, is that, it is. Is well, that you're at home? I think I'd love that. I think so. Me, well, I, I think as a football fan, you want to be there, don't yeah. you? Mm-hmm. And you can get to the pitch. Yeah, yeah. and also, I think, I think it's... I think it's... It'll be a Yeah, actually, I had fun the other day. I was um, sat right behind Unai Emery as he celebrated Aston Villa's sixth goal going in against Brighton. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, that was, a, that was enjoyable. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, it's being at the ground and yeah. being in the atmosphere because it makes you, actually makes your job easier because you can mm. feed off of everything mm. around you and all the energy. And, you know, if you're there, then you can you're right in it aren't you mm. so that's definitely the best but yeah being pitch side presenting at the games that is the the most exciting part about it um mm. it's yeah so it's it's a privilege it's like getting a free ticket to the game isn't it <laughs> indeed <laughs> how excited are you for, for brighton's european adventure didn't start brilliantly no um, well i was i was at that game against mm. athens um working for tnt sports and yeah it didn't go to plan no but we were missing Lewis Dunk, weren't we? That was yeah. really, that's the, I'm convinced that's the reason we lost and that game. clearly, A. Gerthens thought, big man's not there, yeah. let's target that back. Yeah. Set pieces, of, exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, look, I'm, I'm still buzzing. You know, earlier on when Andy was talking about how the Newcastle fans were in the pubs watching the draw, it was the same in Brighton. Mm. You know, I had loads of friends that were in the pubs back at home just watching the draw unfold. And yeah. like when, when you see 
Brighton come out on that little bit of paper. You know, I watched the draw every single year. So to see the team that you support, your hometown club, getting drawn, that little bit of paper comes out, Brighton and Hove Albion, mm. England, like like underneath it. It's like just mad, isn't Lightning it? Lightning Castle's such an exciting draw as well. It's so a group we, so we, good. We, we talked about the away trips. I was talking yeah. to a Brighton fan the other day who's going out to Marseille. Yeah. Ajax on the horizon. You said Ajax in a right old state at the moment, Andy, on OTC. Marseille, yeah. not much better either. No. Right. And no. I, I, think, I think the occasion, just very briefly, I think the occasion against Athens was a bit too big for Brighton. I think they played the occasion, not the game personally. And then hopefully that'll be a, a learning a curve for them and they can move on. Yeah. And do, do Learn from and I think when Portsmouth were in the... Uh, wow. Have we got time for that? <laughs> 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 we got a little bit time for that? Yeah. I, I think there is a, um, there's this over-excitement from Brighton fans, obviously, because it's the first time ever playing in Europe. So maybe expectations are a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Um and we need to sort of temper that a little bit because it is, it's amazing that we're there. But I do still think that even though we lost that first game, we can still, we can still get out of this group and, and hopefully can. get an amazing run in the knockouts. You just never, you just, well, you I'm just bloody well go and win it. No. Hey, well, how about that for another I'm dream, day? I'm dreaming of Dublin already. Evan Ferguson, he yeah. was born like not too far from that ground. He there could score are. the winner Ooh, and get us our are, first ever trophy. Nice. What you about that? Yeah. 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 Well, well, remember, if you're keen to watch more European football and see how Roberto deserve his boys get on this season, TNT Sports has all Europa and Europa Conference League games live and exclusive this season. So you can catch Liverpool, Brighton, West Ham United, Rangers, Aston Villa and Aberdeen all in action across Europe. All right, everybody. Come on, then. Enough of the small talk. Prediction, what's the score going to be? Um, I think it's going to be emotionally fueled night, as we've mm-hmm. said. Um, I think there'll be goals. I think Newcastle will win, though. I think they will win. I think they're probably, for me, 3-1. 3-1? Yeah. yeah, we're in for a cracker. God. Yeah. Love that. I'm not, going to say, I'm not going to do a great show and then go nil-nil, am I? Oh, <laughs> it could be a pulsating nil-nil. It's a pulsating 3-1. Okay. You've heard it here first. Can I push you for scores? Tino with all three? <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jules. Oh, well, I, I agree with everything Luke said there, but I... Can you top that? I, 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 can, can I push you? one! There you go! <laughs> um, can I push you for four? Can I hit higher than a three? It's not an auction. <laughs> I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Sorry, that's not as exciting as a three-one. You're not on the balance um, of play. That would be a, 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 respect, a very respectable I game. actually think that's actually a, a bloody good score. I think that's a bloody good result for Newcastle All if right. they can get a draw right. against PSG. So I'm going to say one-all draw... But obviously, mm-hmm. I want the English teams to do well, so I hope Luke's right. Thank you. First time you ever said that. <laughs> yeah. He's not normally right, though. No. Andy. I agree, it would be a good result for them. I, I don't think they're going to get it, though. I think Newcastle are going to come out of the traps fast, score first, um, PSG allergic 2 1. And there's the cold water poured on all yeah, of well, them. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, bring it back. What's yours? I think that. PSG will race into a 2-0 lead. Yeah. And I think Newcastle will pull it back and draw 2-1. That, that would be oh, that would be fun. Fun. It's only That's Andy's good. let us down. Yeah, I that think, gives yeah. me a really fun post-match, so I Is hope you're right. right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right then. How far do you think Newcastle can go in the Champions League? Andy Brassel, what do you reckon? I reckon last 16. I'm going to say last 16 because, like I said, if they learn not to play the names, as Luke was talking about mm-hmm. before in the competition... They're well in this. These, the three games here are going to be absolutely vital. I reckon they can get a couple of wins here, a mm-hmm. couple of points on the road. PSG will win the group by a long way. And I think that Newcastle just about squeeze into the last 16. And I want you to double up on your predictions. Who's going to win the whole thing? Manchester City. Wow. Oh, really? Okay. I know, right? Putting myself right. out there. Back once right. again. Jules, what do you reckon? How far can Newcastle go? And who will win it? Oh, it's so hard to judge, isn't it? Because you'd, you'd love to see 
Newcastle back in the Champions League after 20 years go all the way, wouldn't you? But I, that, I don't, that would be a prediction. It would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? Um, Till two birds with one stone and go, um, I think Newcastle are going to win it and that should answer the and first that, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I think probably the same as Andy, around a 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it depends. It depends how much of a statement they make in this group. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they lay down a marker and they... You know, who knows? They could finish top of the group. Andy thinks PSG will finish top, but you just don't know how the results are going to go. I don't think PSG have started the season particularly well. Mm. Um, so you just, I don't know. I, so you go last 16 as well? Let's go last 16. Okay. And I think the winners overall won't be Newcastle. I think it's going to be Bayern Munich. Harry Kane's um, Bayern Munich. Harry Kane is scoring for fun. He mm. seems to have fitted into the Bundesliga just with total ease. Yep. Um, and obviously he's an England legend easy, easy. so yeah I'm going to say <laughs> Bayern Munich to win it yeah Bayern on penalties I think Harry Kane um, to score them all presumably <laughs> you're going to ask me the same question yes I would uh, like um, and, and to explain yourself yeah well. okay uh, well, how long have you got <laughs> that's true we'll do that after <laughs> what have I done this time oh. um, I think so much depends on the draw if you look at some of the other teams that are available you know playing in the Champions League it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility for a, you know an unfancied unfashionable team to get through the group stage mm. and if you get a good draw you can go further than than, than 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 what the guys are saying so so much depends on that I, I, I have that said I kind of roughly agree with with their analysis I'd say last 16 sounds about right um, in terms of who's going to win it I think it comes down to one of the two teams that the guys have already said I think yeah. it depends whether Bayern Munich can stop conceding goals because mm-hmm. they look really really leaky and it depends for Man City have still got that you know, impetus yep. and there's not an inertia after they've obviously got that monkey off their back and won it for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's rare for teams to, yeah. to, to defend the Champions League. But as these predictions go, those two answers have been taken so you need to do okay. something else. Uh, Newcastle to get to the final. Yep. Uh, and they lose to Lens. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You asked for it. I did. Yeah. And I regret it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blimey. I just, I think... Uh, Jude Bellingham's going to win the Champions League, yeah. and and that means Real Madrid will by proxy. I see, I see. <laughs> Jude, whenever, whenever I see Jude Bellingham play, yeah. I have to try and stop myself from just shouting. I think he's the best player in the world. Yeah, yeah. which is an incredible <laughs> thing to say at a player of his age. You know, he's an England legend already. He is. He is. He's Twenty years old. He's already. I mean, he's. Yeah. What a time he's having in Madrid. What a man. What a guy. What a man. Um, there we are, everybody. Well, thank you uh, so much, Jules, for joining us. Thanks course, for having me. Well, it's been our pleasure. It's been nice. We finally yeah. scraped together the money for the fee. Yeah. And there she is. <laughs> Absolutely. It's good of you to agree. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to pay off in stages, of course. But uh, you'll get the full packet in about 20 years. Um, and, of course, thank you, TNT Sports, uh, for allowing us to come down to Newcastle uh, for this very special episode. Remember, this isn't just football. This is the Champions League uh, with TNT Sports. You get exclusive UEFA Champions League, Europa League and Europa Conference League football along with the Premier League, the best of rugby, boxing, UFC, WWE, MotoGP and so much more. Stream TNT Sports on Discovery Plus or watch TNT Sports channels on BT, Sky and Virgin Media. Subscription required. You've got to be over 18 and T's and C's apply. There we are. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Andy Brassel. Thank you, Huey the lads. And a very special thank <laughs> you to you, Jules Breach. Thank you for having me. And can you believe it? I've clearly changed since I've joined TNT Sports because I got mm. through the whole episode without swearing. <laughs> <laughs> go on, let yourself go. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.